Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn your attention, if you would, to our gospel lesson for today, Mark chapter 12. We'll just reread the first verse. Jesus sat down opposite the offering box and was watching how the crowd put money into it. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The proverb says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch of the wicked and the good. How often have you really thought about that attribute or those attributes of God, his omniscience, his omnipresence? How often have you meditated on the fact what the psalmist says, Lord, if I go to the highest heights, you're there. If I go to the deepest depths, you are there. Wherever we go, God is there. He sees everything we do. He knows everything that we think and everything that we feel. That's both, at the same time, something extremely terrifying, but also wonderfully comforting. It's a truth that's applied as we look at this incident of the widow's offering. After Jesus had answered a number of questions, this was during Holy Week, and people kept trying to answer him questions, ask him questions that would trip him up, get him to say something that would either be unpopular with the people or maybe even illegal so they could take him off to court. Questions about how many husbands will this woman have in the resurrection? Questions about paying taxes to Caesar. So he'd answered all of those questions in an amazing way, and now we're told that Jesus sat down opposite the offering box and was watching how the crowd put money into it. So as he watched, what did he see? As a human being just like us, he saw what we would see. He saw many rich people giving huge, large offerings into that offering box. And considering what Jesus had said about the Pharisees earlier, that they liked to make prayers on the street corners so people would see them, that they liked to have the most important, noticeable seats in the synagogue, not a stretch of the imagination that there were at least a few who made a big deal about this huge offering that they were putting into the box. Jesus also saw a poor widow. He saw that she gave two bronze coins worth about one-sixty-fourth of a normal day's wage. It's not likely that she made any kind of a deal about what she was giving, didn't want to attract any attention to herself. Maybe she even did what people still do sometimes today. When the offering plate comes by, they kind of hide it in their hand and drop it in there so no one can see what it is. You can imagine her doing that. As Jesus watched the people who were giving their offerings, what did he see? Well, as true God, he saw a whole lot more than we could ever see, right? He didn't just see the amount that they were putting in. He knew what proportion that was to what they had. 
Just like today, he still knows exactly how much you have in your bank account, in your retirement account. He knows exactly what your house and your vehicles and your property and everything is worth. He knows your net worth probably better than you do. He knows it. And as people were giving, as rich people were giving their large amounts, he stated, they're just giving their wealth. They're giving out of their wealth. Better translation would be their excess, their extra, their abundance. As they gave these huge gifts, they gave knowing that when they went home, they still had plenty to care for their needs and probably enough to take care of most of their wants. And then it was the poor widow. She gave just those two small coins. It was a greater proportion, greater percentage than all the other people had given. Probably the smallest total gift that anyone had given that day, only one that could have been smaller was just one of those bronze coins. And Jesus called his disciples over. And he pointed her out and he said, she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. She gave what she gave knowing that when she went home, how was she going to get her next meal? She gave knowing that maybe she wouldn't have enough to provide for her needs, much less have anything that she might have wanted over and above her needs. So was she putting God to the test? Was she being a, a poor or a foolish steward? Because if she gave all that she had, then wouldn't that mean that others would have to take care of her? We might think that, it might seem that way to us, but then if that were the case, why would Jesus point her out? Why would Jesus hold her up as a good example to his disciples and to all of us who read this account still today? What did Jesus see that we can't? see. He didn't just see the amount that people was giving. He didn't just know what proportion that was to everything else that they had. More importantly, he saw the heart. That's what he was concerned about. He was looking at the heart. He saw whether these offerings were given with an attitude of Cain, under obligation, out of competition to someone else. Or if these offerings were given with the attitude of Abel. A heart that was filled with joy and thanksgiving in acknowledging everything that God had given him. A heart that wanted to acknowledge God as first in their lives. A heart that trusted God to provide no matter what they gave to him. A heart that was more focused on treasures in heaven than any kind of earthly treasure. Now, if that widow would have given what she gave with this thought, that if I give to God, then he will have to give me something in return. That would have been sinful giving. That would have been trying to negotiate or manipulate God. She would have been like those who say, well, because... 
I'm one of the biggest supporters of the church, and I'm always there doing things for God. God has to do something for me. He has to bless me. Or she would have been saying, well, God promised to care for me, so I guess I don't have to work. I don't have to worry about it. If she had done that, that would have been putting God to the test in a sinful way. On the other hand, if God gives us a promise, a specific promise, then we can trust that promise, even if what he's promising might seem impossible. We can know for sure he's going to do what he promised, and we can even hold him to his promise. So, what was the promise that this widow might have been trusting in, that she might have been thinking about as she gave her two coins to the Lord? The words of God through Malachi come to mind. After accusing his people of robbing him because they were putting themselves first and only giving him leftovers, God says this, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Isn't that an amazing thing? Normally God says it's wrong to put him to the test. We shouldn't do that, right? So Jesus said to the devil, I can't jump off and have the angels catch me because that would be putting God to the test. But in the case of giving, God says, I want you to test me. I invite you to test me. I want you to try, just try putting me first and then enjoy experiencing all the blessings that I shower on you in ways that you never would have expected or imagined. God challenged us to do that. That's what he must have saw, must have seen in the heart of the widow who gave those two coins and why he held her up as a good example for people of all times. Jesus doesn't tell us what happened to that widow. We don't hear any more about her. But we do know what happened to another widow, widow of Zarephath. Remember when she came out to Elijah, and Elijah said, Yes, I know that you only have enough flour and oil for one more meal, and then you expect to starve to death. But go back to your house and make your last loaf of bread and bring it to me first. And God says, your flour and oil won't run out. She did it. And God did it, right? God kept his promise. He made sure that that oil and flour just was there every day, never ran out throughout the whole time of the famine. God says, My eyes will watch over them for their good. See, that's the other side of God's omnipresence and omniscience. Yes, he knows everything about us. Yes, he knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're feeling. No sin can be hidden from him. He knows when we're giving out of a sense of manipulation, thinking that that'll make God do something for us. He knows if we're giving him leftovers. He knows the attitude with which we give. He knows everything about us. 
He knows when we're just making excuses, saying, well, I can't give because then I won't have something that I want or something that I think I need. But he also knows how to forgive those sins. And he knows ways of providing for us that we can't even imagine. And the fact that Jesus is watching us as we give our offerings incites the feeling of guilt in our hearts. Jesus points us to his cross. He points us to the cross where he prayed for us. Father, forgive them. He points us to the cross where he proclaimed loudly for all to hear, it is finished. He points us to the cross to assure us that there is no condemnation for us because he took the condemnation we deserve on himself. And at the cross, we also see that Jesus knows how to care for others, to care for widows. He cared for a very special widow, even though no one would have blamed him for only thinking about himself and about the terrible pain and suffering he was experiencing, he still thought of others. And he provided for a widow, his own mother, Mary. Jesus gave all that he had. He lived a perfect life in our place so that he could offer himself as a sacrifice of atonement for our sins now, in view of his mercy, in view of all that God has done for us in Jesus, we joyfully offer ourselves to him. We can get up every day and say, Lord, all that I am, all that I have is yours. Use me. Help me use what you've given me in a way that brings you honor and glory. I trust that you will care for my earthly needs and after that that you will take me into glory. That's the attitude that Jesus must have seen in the heart of that widow when she gave her two bronze coins. That's the attitude we heard Paul praise in the Macedonians when he said, Brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overwhelming joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. They did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. As we consider God's great mercy to us in Jesus, may that be said of us as well. Amen.